What's good? What's good, party people? I am Candia Johnson, your host of Candia Conversations. How are you today? I'm speaking it into existence that you are very well. But you know what? If you're not feeling well, if you're feeling like you're in a funk or you're feeling kind of unmotivated, here's the thing. Everybody has their day. Today might be your day and tomorrow might be my day. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. Give yourself permission to be in a funk, to feel unmotivated, and recognize this. It will never take away from your amazingness. What goes up must come down. This is your down moment. Tomorrow may be mine. Anywho, today's topic is hopefully going to make you feel a little bit better. (laughs) But we're talking about how to prepare to speak on a panel. It's a question I received from a woman who DM'd me on Instagram. Okay, let me start, stop, you know, sounding all formal. I know this woman, like we've had dinner together before. So she's not just any woman, because I know her. So some of this advice is probably going to start with, now girl, get your mind right. <laughs> Anywho, let's call her Molly, because I'm going to read the DM. And if you've listened to past episodes of Cancer Conversations, y'all know I love giving people fake names. I don't know what that's about. We're going to explore that one of these days. But for now, let's get into this DM. So she says, hi, Candia. Can you give me any pointers on public speaking? I was asked to be on this panel about traveling and becoming an expat. I don't feel 100% confident with what I had to share. I believe I could have done better. Girl, Molly, we always believe we could have done better. Okay, let me finish. I have so much to say, but don't necessarily feel comfortable nor confident. I know with me sharing my story, it's healing for me and also a way I can serve my community, but I always get stuck. Like my words get jumbled up in my head and it doesn't come out exactly how I want or intend it to. Can you recommend some books or key points to help me? I suffer from anxiety, so I know that definitely plays a part in me speaking in public. Okay, let's get into it. Molly girl, I got you. My Kansas Conversation listeners, I got y'all too. So first, let's explore my experiences in public speaking. For me, public speaking has always been a part of my career and the work I've done in helping people as well as companies and organizations spread awareness about their projects and initiatives, as well as helping managers and executives connect with their audience and really establish their presence as leaders within the respective company or even within their industry. So in the corporate world, that included me delivering talks and trainings to employees, managers, and executives. Sometimes I worked on proposal teams and I would be a part of writing a proposal, but also pitching these different ideas and programs to executive teams or potential clients. In fact, one of my favorite projects was when I was working alongside with senior chiefs and chiefs in the United States Navy. So I was part of sort of a roadshow where we traveled around to different naval commands 
to deliver talks about a new initiative that was being delivered later on that year. Ultimately, we wanted to have several different meetings with leaders in different commands to gain buy-in from the leaders of those commands, but also we wanted to explain the benefits and how they could roll this program out, how it could be tweaked to meet their needs. And so sometimes it was a meeting, and then I want to say maybe two or three times I was really by myself on a stage delivering my spiel and asking um, or responding to questions from the audience. And so here's what I want you to understand about this experience. Many times I was the only woman with maybe four or five men. Many times I was the only black person at times in the room. And that created a level of, do I really belong here? (laughs) Type feelings. And I was also a contractor. So I didn't work for the Navy. I was contracted by them to work on this specific project. And so that also created sometimes a sense of isolation or loneliness at at a point. And many times, many, many times I've sat on a panel battling imposter syndrome, that nagging feeling like I was a fraud or I did not belong in the room. I've stumbled over my words. I've struggled to get to the point. I've lost my train of thought. But for me, and looking back, here's what I know for sure. Confidence is not about perfection. Confidence is not about knowing everything. Confidence comes from knowing that I always have two opportunities. I have one opportunity to prepare for my moment, and I have another opportunity to bounce back from anything I experience. And so once I made the transition into entrepreneurship, I shifted, I had to shift my focus a bit from helping the the company look good and helping executive leadership teams look good to now helping me look good (laughs) and packaging my own expertise and talking about my own experiences to sell my services in such a way and to help me build connections with potential clients and other people who could benefit from my services. But it came with a whole host of other challenges with self-doubt and imposter syndrome and, you know, a fear of getting it wrong or not saying enough or saying too much. And here's what I want you to understand. Once again, nothing beats practice, preparation, and progress. Nothing beats it. Even now, I still have these anxious moments. I still have these moments of self-doubt right before I deliver on a panel or I'm delivering a talk or I deliver a workshop. It doesn't stop. It's not about eliminating those things. It's about learning how to work with them. And a lot of the times, too, what I've learned is that, you know, a lot of the times I've worked to eliminate and oftentimes you can use those feelings and those thoughts as your to-do list. You can use those feelings and those thoughts to help guide you into becoming even more prepared than you were prior to getting this opportunity to speak. So in 2014, I landed at my first international speaking gig and I and on a, speaking on a panel in Nigeria. I think the topic was something like using public relations and communication strategies to position Africa globally or something like that. I don't know. But after that, I went on to conduct 
even more talks and workshops in cities throughout the United States. And I've had two additional amazing opportunities to speak in Nairobi, Kenya. And not only have I participated on panels uh, for organizations and businesses, I've also created panel topics. And I've had an opportunity to choose speakers for those uh, topics. And I've also moderated panels countless times. So again, based on all of my experiences, I want you to embrace one huge mindset about public speaking. Confidence comes last. Confidence isn't a feeling, it's imperfect action. It's imperfect action. With each and every one of those experiences, I've prepared for that moment, but I've also had to open myself up a little bit to doing things imperfectly, to speaking about the problems I saw for people or getting people to buy into something. I've had to open myself up to criticism. I've had to open myself up to not saying things perfectly or the way I've intended to. But the way to get around that is to practice for your moment and then leave slight room for progress and improvement. There's always room for progress and improvement. So now I want to share not only my top tips for preparing to speak, but I also want to share some fun ways I kind of have to check my what if anxiety because I... (laughs) have a tremendous struggle with what-if syndrome 24 hours before I deliver a talk. So tip number one, ask the organizer for the panel questions in advance. Here's the thing, whether I'm speaking on a panel, giving a talk, or conducting a workshop, my gift to an audience is always to inspire and educate them. I can only effectively do that if I know who my audience is going to be. And so you having a clear understanding of the topic, the goal of the panel, and the target audience is going to help you prepare to deliver things that are relatable and relevant, right? Relatable or relevant to that specific audience. So if you are speaking at a travel conference about your experiences um, with being an expat, The tips that you would give maybe an audience of recent college grads are going to be dramatically different than the tips and advice you would deliver to moms who are possibly ready to get their groove back. Their kids have left the house. They done divorced their husbands. And now I'm creating a whole other story. Y'all get what I'm saying? The message is going to be different. So you have to be clear on your target audience as well as the goal of the panel. And don't be afraid to ask for those panel questions in advance. So now let's go into my second tip. Write and prepare to deliver three talking points. Now you're going to adapt these talking points as needed, but you have the topic, you have the goal, you have a clear understanding of the audience. Now I want to help you deliver these talking points. And here are a few angles that I typically consider. You can consider three frequently asked questions, like what are the common questions that people often ask you about your experiences as an expat. You can consider three of the top mistakes that you made the first year of becoming an expat. You can consider three best pieces of advice, three worst pieces of advice, three overrated pieces of advice. What do people get wrong? What do people overlook? You can consider three tips or tools to becoming an expat. 
And once you consider your power of three, based on the direction, based on the the piece of content that you're going to focus on, I want you to limit your responses to one to three sentences or 30 to 60 seconds. Here's the thing. First off, when you limit your responses to 30 to 60 seconds, it's really about being courteous to the other panelists as well, because they may have a few talking points they want to deliver on. And it also helps you focus on cutting the fat from your responses when you focus on one to three sentences or 30 to 60 seconds. And that can also help you prepare or ease some of your anxiety. Which leads me into tip three. Practice to own it. You got to practice it to own it. It's my favorite tip. So when you mention like my words get jumbled up in my head and it doesn't come out exactly how I want or intended to, a lot of those fears and struggles that you may have can be alleviated by practicing on it. So I want to share some of my favorite ways that I practice it to own it, even now. So one of my favorite, favorite apps in my phone is an audio to text feature app. It allows you to record yourself. I think it gives you about 10 minutes of recording time, but it allows you to record yourself and then it translates your audio into a text message and then you can email it to yourself. Now, what this gives you the power to do is not only can you get comfortable with your voice, but you can also read that text message and eliminate any filler or fluff words. So when you think about filler or fluff words, it's words such as um, ah, like, actually, basically. And we typically lean on these filler words when we're nervous or we're trying to jog our very own memory of what we're trying to say. And many of us know this is a challenge. However, we overlook how often we're relying on these filler words to get our point across. And so I found for me recording myself, but then looking at the places where I am relying on words such as um and ah and basically, I can attempt to eliminate those words, breathe in between my sentences and slow down and restate my response in a more clear and effective way. But this is what I want you to understand, people. Here's the thing, another thing that I know for sure. Your audience, I don't know them, but your audience prefers you show up as a human being and not as a robot. So a few filler words are okay. I don't want you to get caught up in thinking it has to be perfect. I just want you to understand that if you have a challenge and you're constantly, um, ah, well, it's like this and basically this and actually this, once you look at how you are delivering a response, you can just continuously practice to eliminate some of those filler words from your responses. And this is precisely why I launched Practice Your Pitch Live. 
Because while many of us attend school to learn whatever skill we need to land a job or establish ourselves in our careers, very rarely are we taught how to sell on the value of those skills and experiences so that we can get the attack, the attention of hiring managers or potential clients. Very rarely are we taught how to communicate in such a way that it makes us appear comfortable, credible, and relatable. And so whether you are an employee or an entrepreneur, you have to practice your spiel to own it. Your ability to communicate effectively and connect with other people determines how successful you will be in your life as well as your career. So if you're interested in Practice Your Pitch Live, I'm going to include it in the show notes. Anywho, the next tip I want you to do is I want you to embrace your power of pause. So the night before a presentation, I am very anxious. So to combat my what if anxiety, that's what I call it, I do a brain dump. It helps me to get present and focused on only the things I can control. Because my mind starts going down a rabbit hole. Like what if I forget my key points? What if uh, people don't like me? What if the electricity goes out? That happened to me, by the way. (laughs) So once I get those thoughts down on paper, I can control it. I can reframe it. I can challenge those assumptions that I'm making about whatever experience I think I'm going to have. If I let those thoughts run wild in my head, I'm up all night crying and and carrying on, right? (laughs) Seriously. So there's a benefit, there's actually an upside to that what if anxiety. And one of the best tips that I can can offer you is to let that self-doubt and anxiety guide you into crafting and being present and looking at those very same things that are what ifs. Now you can turn them into what to do now. Once you figure out or once you identify the fact that you can control this, this is actually within your control. So when I look at a statement like, what if I forget my key points? One of my favorite tips is to write down, you know, just a brief four sentence, five sentence uh, point about whatever it is I'm talking about. So I have that on the index card. When it comes to my presentation slides not working, I always have a copy on my hard drive. I send a copy to the event organizer. The electricity going out, I cannot avoid that. But I can tell you what I can prepare for. If that electricity goes out, I know my content. I know my content. And as long as I still have internet access, we're going to continue to get it on and popping. (laughs) Right? And so then... Once you transform your what ifs into what to do now so that you can get present and focused, I want you on the day of your presentation to make every effort to protect your magic by any means necessary. So for me, I don't book any meetings or take calls with people. Heck, even my family, I have to put them on ice. I have to put them on do not disturb because they may upset my energy by telling me some foolishness that I don't really need to know, or it's not really uh, going to put me in the best mindset. So I may either, you know, text them and say, I have a presentation, or I may pick up the phone and say, I have a presentation. Is everything okay? Or again, sometimes I just do not answer real talk. (laughs) I don't even hang out the night before a big presentation. I'm very, very intentional about creating the energy I want people to experience from me. Because one of the things that I know for sure is that people buy into the energy of your presence before they buy into the power of your words. 
And I truly believe even in an online space, people can experience your energy and everything from your facial expressions to the tone of your voice and how you respond to their questions. So to create the energy that I want people to experience, there are several things that I do to prepare, whether it's online or in person. So if I am preparing for a panel online, one of the things that I ask the speaking organizer is to do a trial run in advance to test the the application that they're using to deliver this presentation online, whether it's Zoom. Um, Some people are using some pretty advanced uh, business applications to do these video conferencing things. And one time I presented on a panel and you could actually see the other panels that were going on and you could kind of like navigate in and out of the panels. You could also go into a virtual speaker's room and test your slides and things of that sort. So you really want to make sure that your audio is working correctly and your video is working correctly and you understand how to navigate that backstage, virtual backstage per se. Another thing that I do is I listen to music to ease my anxiety, especially when I'm delivering in person and even online. And I'm laughing at myself because a few years ago, I got to an event location, probably about 60 minutes in advance. I always do. And I sit in my car, I practice my deep breaths, and I listen to music to hype myself up and get my mind all the way together. And so I walk into the conference room and an attendee says, oh yeah, I saw you. You were in the car listening to Cardi B, Bodak Yellow. Y'all, I like to die. But guess what I said? Yeah, I was getting myself all the way together, okay? Yes, I had a moment where I was like, I don't dance now. I make money moves. Hey, hey. Y'all get what I'm saying? Listen, party people, I believe when you're listening to a dance beat and you getting those shoulders moving and your head is bopping and you visualizing yourself dancing in a video like Sierra or Beyonce, But you know, deep down in your heart, you really can't dance. You dance more like Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It doesn't matter. I believe that movement helps you relax. And it even helps you visualize and manifest the energy you want people to experience during and after your presentation. And that moment of listening to Bodak Yellow helped me walk into that room like I got this. Sometimes... I may listen to Megan Thee Stallion, I'm a Savage, and get my mind all the way together. Sometimes it's Uproar by Swiss Beats and Lil Wayne. (laughs) Y'all get where I'm going? Music can help you ease that anxiety. And time and time again, before a presentation, I'm, I'm being very intentional about hyping myself up. So don't be afraid to hype yourself up. Maybe I need to do a... A playlist for y'all. I don't know. I'll think about it. Anywho, I want you to remember, it's not only what you say, it's how you say it. And I can't say this enough. People buy into the energy of your presence before they buy into the power of your words. And one uh, recurring piece of feedback that I get from many of my attendees, it's that they loved my energy. And I have to say, it's because I am intentional about creating a routine that helps me get the energy or figure out the energy I want to leave people with. I'm very intentional about protecting my magic. And I put just as much effort into my energy 
as I do into my words. Another way that I embrace to really create my energy is I'm big into aromatherapy. And so lavender and tea tree oil, it sounds a bit bit weird, but it helps me calm my anxiety. And in fact, last year, my big sis bought me an aromatherapy necklace and I wear it every day, even when I'm not speaking. (laughs) But it, it, it also helps me, you know, create an energy. It helps calm me. It helps soothe me. And here's what I want you to understand. If you're rushing into um, a physical space 15 minutes before you have to deliver your your presentation, you're not going to have time to kind of create that energy for yourself. If you're hopping online at the within 15 minutes and your technology or your application is not working, it's going to create anxiety for yourself. So you don't have time to take deep breaths and remind yourself that you are enough and remind yourself that you got this. So you definitely want to set aside time to help you get your energy together. Another tip is, you know, whether you are entering into a physical space or even online, make it a conversation. Take the focus off you. And one of the ways that I try to make it a conversation with people is when I'm meeting in person, I like to get there early because I greet people before they greet me in the conference room or even in the workplace. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? You got your coffee? You ready for me today? <laughs> if the person has a nice suit or a shirt on, I'm going to talk about, oh, I love that color girl. She a natural hair girl. I'll be like, girl, I'm loving the big hair. That way, by the time I get on stage, these are my people. I'm just here having a conversation with them. And in an online environment, one of the ways that I make everything a conversation and kind of like prepare to have fun with people is I pull the room. I do that in in an in-person environment as well. You can pull the room even online by asking people how many people are moms in the audience, right? And you're watching kind of the chat box online and you could see how many people saying, I'm a mom, I'm a mom. How many people are entrepreneurs? That way I'm adapting my talking points to speak to those specific people in the audience. So if I see that Sally says, I'm a mom and I'm an expat living in Kuwait, I'm going to say, hey now, Sally. I see Sally took the leap. She's living in Kuwait. So I'm going to shout people out. So you definitely want to figure out how you can pull the room. Another favorite uh, kind of fill in the blank question that I ask people online is I may ask them to fill in the blank. Right. And you can fill in the blank by completing the sentence by next year, this time I'd like to. That gives me a general understanding of where people are and what are some of their career goals and and dreams and aspirations. And again, I'm going to add that to some of my key points and speak to those people directly. And so what you want to understand is you have such an amazing opportunity to simply get to know people and for them to not only get value from you, but you're getting value from them as well. And when in doubt, right, because I know people are going to ask questions and a lot of the times we get so flustered by people asking us a question and not, you know, wondering like, what if I don't know the answer? If you don't, you don't know the answer. It's okay. Again, people fully expect for you to be a human being, <laughs> right? But when in doubt, if someone poses a question and you're in doubt or you're just unclear, 
about their question, follow this method. Repeat, reflect, respond. So you could say, let me make sure I understand your question correctly and repeat what they've just said to you. Or you could say, hmm, that's a really good question. And then you could respond. So repeat, reflect, and respond. Don't always feel like you have to rush into giving a response. You could say, I need a moment to think about that. Or that's a really good question. Again, people fully expect for you to be a human being. (laughs) Or you could even say, you know, Jim on the panel may have a little bit more experience with that. Because you ultimately, too, want to avoid being a dominating presence on the panel. You don't have to always be the first person to respond to a question. To avoid giving a, you know, rambling response, you may want to pass that question off to someone else to give you a few minutes to think about it. It's okay. Don't be afraid to not know the answer to everything. That is authenticity and confidence at its finest. (laughs) When you say, I don't know, that's out of my experience or that's out of the realm of my experience, that's confidence and authenticity at its finest. If you disagree with another panelist, you could say, wow, that's really, that's not my experience. Or you could say, I want to touch on what Sally just said about her experience in Brazil. Another way I want people to look at things is Right. You don't have to come right out and disagree with that person. You could just say, I want to touch on what Sally said. Another way we can look at things is consider this X, Y, Z. So ultimately, people, we often assume being confident is knowing everything, everything. We assume that being confident is about being perfect. No, absolutely not. Confidence is whatever happens, I'm going to figure it out. Confidence is being prepared for your moment. Confidence is practicing it to own it. Make it a conversation and embrace your power of pause and just simply have fun. And then hit me up on DM, girl. You know I want to hear the tea, how it went. Anywho, I appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. Leave me a review or a comment. I appreciate you. Talk soon.